the final episode of 2021 so sorry for your loss oh what a year it's been thank you so much for being on this ride with me i'm having a great time i love connecting with you and i hope this is providing some help for you in your grief so much more to come in 2022 can't wait to see you guys there but here is a year-end recap of some of my favorite parts of the episodes that i've done this season enjoy I love when people say just how much grief has shown them to live life to the fullest mm -hmm. and live every day like it's your last day. And who gives a fuck about material things yep. and earning like a certain amount of money is gonna justify my happiness. Like, no, your happiness is your friends and your family and the love in your life. And that's what's really important. That's something that I definitely, my mind changed when yeah. I lost my mom. And then even like my brother, he's like, I have so much empathy now post losing our mom and just seeing other people as human beings with feelings and not just, you know, them as like a person, but like they're just as lost. They could be hurting. You never know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So the, the whole empathy and the YOLO <laughs> mindset are two big things that stick out to me. What I had to do to get out of complicated grief was to really own the fact that you feel incredibly alive when your loved one dies. When I was in that room wailing after Matt died, I could feel like my earlobes throbbing. Part of survivor's grief for me was to really just go, why do I, like, I can't feel this alive. Like when the pandemic happened and everybody was on Instagram going, the sky is so blue, the grass is so green. It was like, no, the grass has always been that green. Yeah. The yeah. sky has always been that blue. You just have are dulled, mm -hmm. you don't see it. And so I was navigating the world where like food, sugar tasted amazing. And I just was seeing vibrant colors. I wished I had just had somebody say to me, it's okay, it's yeah. okay. To be strong, what does that even mean? You know, to feel isn't weakness. To feel it right. actually takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of strength. So, you know, this whole notion of being strong means you don't show any emotions, you just keep pushing through. I think it's a load of crap and it's something that we need to stop pushing out there to people. Allow yeah, them to hell yeah, sister. Connecting with your own grief, finding a way that allows you to connect in with it safely and in a way that feels right to you in that moment. Um, I think that this is always going to change and I think as time goes by, the way that you connect with your grief changes. And um, mm -hmm. sometimes you'll want to speak to people people about it and you just want to tell everybody everything about your grief and the person that you lost other times you want to keep it a little bit more personal and more just reserved for you so we really explore yeah. what that looks like for you in connecting with your grief connecting with others and how you want that to look it's not so black and white it's not like this is terrible or this is wonderful we're such expansive humans yeah. we can we can see that we can hold two emotions at once we can hold 10 emotions and they can all be true i can be experiencing extreme joy while also grieving i can yes. be going through a profound awakening while also you know totally feeling stuck in my life like yes both and right both yes. and. say it louder for those in the back perfect <laughs> I've tried to cope in a solitary way and I've tried to cope, uh, you know, with a group of people or with friends and it's, it's definitely more preferable to like have a space to talk about it and put it out in the open. I guess another piece of advice I would give to somebody going through this is, let's say you've got a house or an apartment full of things, where where should I get started? You know, give yourself a break, but also find those categories that might be easy. 
find the low hanging fruit that yeah. might help get you started that won't be so hard. So for me, like my mom's tools <laughs> weren't a big deal. I was like, let's get those out of here. You know, like, or, <laughs> yeah. you know just, just different things in her house that I was like, okay, let's get all those boxes of hair dye out of here. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care about that. And so that kind of helped get the momentum going. So right. I felt like I had more strength and like momentum going in. It's like a workout. You have to do a warm up first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah lost both of my parents and yeah writing two eulogies before you turn 30 is a wild yeah. thing too i'm an only child i actually when my dad passed away found out i have a brother and i met him at my dad's funeral get out i just yeah. got chills all over my body he's wonderful i kind of knew about him when i was younger but my parents never addressed this situation with me. So I met him at the funeral and we've been unable to get together, obviously because of COVID and everything going on, but we're kind of creating this relationship and it's Was this different. from one of your parents or from both of your parents together? From my dad. So both okay. of my parents I found out were married before each other. I okay. didn't know this about either of them, but my mom was married. Isn't it wild the things that you find out? like as you get older? Well, they had like these whole lives before me. And now I realize because, and I'm sure you know this, you're a parent now, there's things that you're not going to tell your children. It's not necessary or you're like, that's a different part of my life or whatever. But both of my parents had these life altering and changing moments, being married, having children. Yeah. All of these crazy things and never told me. <laughs> Right. So I feel like I truly don't know either of my parents. Yeah. Was there a lot that you found out that you were kind of surprised about? Not as life altering as having a sibling, but <laughs> certainly some information. Yeah. Yeah. When I read people, I gave you an example like yesterday, I read someone who passed away tragically and they came back healthy and young. They came back in their best form, how they thought that their best self was. That could be any age. So like if someone thinks their best form is when they're 60, then they're gonna go come back healthy in their 60s. Majority of people don't. Majority of people come back like younger, but you can tell, at least I can, like I know like what age they passed away. Like I can say if it's in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And you can just tell that they come back like that. And it's it's really comforting. And I, I guess from my view of the afterlife and, and all that, they come back, I'm sure people always say it's like energy never dies, but it's true. They come through in their best form. So so when they come, it's kind of like peaceful type of coming. It's like, I just want people to know that when they go to this afterlife, they're happy and content right away. Like it's not really? like, yeah, they don't really hold on to anything. They, they will bring up situations for validity purposes that no one would know but overall they're happy and content with themselves, but they also like reflect on their life with the snap of fingers. It sucks. So if you are overwhelmed or exhausted, I fully validate your experience because it sucks. Hopefully most people won't watch their person die for over a decade, hopefully. Yeah. However, a lot more people will watch the physical deterioration of a loved one at some point. I would say give yourself a lot of grace it is really uncomfortable. It is, it does feel unnatural. I think there's so many people on podcasts that have like the perfect advice. I don't. Yeah. The advice yeah. I do have is take care of yourself. Book something on your calendar every week that can be a small moment of grace for you. Whether that is a, a scheduled walk, whether that is a call with a friend, and I don't even care if that friend has been through loss, just the fact that you have that outlet to look forward to, whether that is a massage, whether that is a workout, whatever that looks like, 
I was talking to my therapist about the benefits of putting things on your calendar in advance, because not only are you getting the benefits on that day, but yeah. knowing it's coming in a week or in a month, knowing you put something on your calendar, like February 2nd, I am going for a hike or I'm getting a facial in honor of the distress that is upon me, I think is very, very valuable. If everyone just knows that they are only human and everyone has a different way of dealing with things. And I think the more that you deal with it, like the less kind of aggressive it ever comes out, you know, like you have to be obviously kind to yourself and then you obviously can feel like this kindness and love to everyone else as well. Absolutely. And yeah, I just know that. And I think the main thing is, you know, you never know what people are going through ever. So I think as people say, you know, don't judge a book by its cover and like, yeah, like people, what I found from this year is people are so quick to judge on like oh, yeah. the smallest of things. They have no idea what's going on, no idea what's going on in your day-to-day life. Yeah, I think talking about it as well has been probably the best thing for me anyway. It really helps me, even with friends, you know, like some of my friends get angry with me because I sometimes keep things to myself and then like one day I'll just like literally be an emotional wreck and they're like, Quartz, why haven't you just spoken to me about yeah. this as it's coming? And you kind of, you feel stupid and you feel, you feel like you shouldn't be feeling certain ways. And like for me, I felt bad for people that had just like lost somebody. And like, I felt bad for feeling how I felt because my dad was still alive. And I was like, but actually it's just as bad in both ways when, when you actually like, like lay the facts out and stuff. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm still dealing with everything as well. So <laughs> when, I, when I figure it all out, I'll let you know. <laughs> Like he died. We kind of like did the funeral. We mourned him for like two weeks and then that was it. Like you were expected not to talk about it really. So I think, well, of course, and now I'm like super hormonal because my son's like 10 weeks old. So I'm also like post so anything. <laughs> Let it out, girl. This is the place. <laughs> I swear to God, Gianna, now I cry over everything. Like, uh, like uh, literally a commercial of like a mom and daughter. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so I do, I still get emotional. Um, but, I, you know, she had really said like, take me back. And I, I thought the floodgates just opened. And you know, what was a really great, I don't know if your therapist told, told you this, but for a long time, I could not talk like about him at all without like hysterically crying. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, not like just like tears coming up, but like could not get a hold of myself. And And Robin would say to me like, that's a sign that you haven't really worked through this. Like you should get to the point where of course you still miss that person, but you can talk about them and and have great memories of them instead of hysterically crying, you know, which probably I still need to do more. I know in my office, anytime we talk about COVID, I have really severe COVID and I have PTSD when we even talk about it. If somebody coughs and thinks they're sick and I'm not grieving per se, but I'm traumatized. Yeah. And think about not even like the people who are grieving, the people who are just experiencing trauma in relation to COVID, whether they had it, whether somebody they know had it really seriously. We're coming into the workforce at like, forgive my French, a really fucked up mental place right now yeah. as as a world, not, not me, not you, everybody. I can't imagine that limiting leaves is going to be healthy for corporate environments. Exactly. Encouragement to grieve so you can heal. Like I'm very big about that. Stuffing down emotions gets you nowhere. You're going to deal with it eventually. And I want to help people do this in a healthy way and and not self-sabotage themselves into more problems. Like that's my biggest thing. Like do this in a healthy way so that you can ultimately thrive. Like this is not meant to destroy you as much as it feels like it's going to. And there are healthy ways to navigate this that you can live a healthy and satisfying life. I mean, my life doesn't look 
the way I thought it would. My family doesn't look the way I thought it would. It's not, how, not the dream I had for myself, but I'm doing things today I never would have done without Matthew. And I want people to find that purpose and that legacy in their stories. Thanks for listening. Head over to Instagram to follow more at So Sorry with Gianna. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave that five star review. I would love you for it. More to come on this season of So Sorry for Your Loss. So stay tuned.